0: What is up, everybody? My name is James Fury, and this is Fucked. Okay, I don't know where to begin. This is Blackwell. Jonathan Dennis he is the former justice minister of Alberta. He is also uh, a person who has been in the news a lot lately for several different things. Um, one of them was... He was caught on tape making uh impersonating indigenous people in a way that was clearly racist he has since said that it was a deep fake he's been to the news as early as today saying that these videos were proven to be deep fakes uh and then the cbc put in an article saying that's almost entirely obviously not true and he's also been on the edges of many of the stories that we have been reporting regarding the Klondike papers. He was one of the people who sort of, not lured, that's the wrong term, um, but helped David Wallace set up in Alberta when David Wallace was sort of recruited on a couple of jobs to go to Alberta. And he also uh, was able to set, he set David up with his house. And when David blew the whistle, many things started to take place many of these things are documented many of those things we are going to discuss tonight with my guests david wallace and richard marsh how you doing guys good thank you um lots has happened and and a lot of it has happened within the last hour but we need to start at the beginning we need to proceed in a way that is smart and that assumes that many people listening have no idea about this story. Like we want to basically paint a picture for people who know nothing. David, I'm going to start with you. You were, give me, give me the rundown on the buildup to how you were uh, invited to Calgary and why and what job. And I know we've gone over some of this stuff before, and then um and then stop the story when you get to the apartment and who helped you find it.
1: Okay, well, uh I was in Ontario. Um I was experiencing some blowback from the job I had done. Um I was being hounded by private investigators. Um it just became an uncomfortable situation. Around the same time, Alan Holman had started feeding me more work. Um we discussed it back and forth. I said, well, I'm willing to make the move to Alberta. He asked me if I was sure because he could help me find lots of clients. Um, I said, sure, I am. One of those clients that he could help me find was Jonathan Dennis, who I had done a job for um, earlier in that year, which was uh, trying to figure out who had uh, um, who had dropped the dime on him for having extra guests allegedly at a COVID wedding. Um, that's already part of... Uh, um, this story, if you want to go back and look at it, uh, I believe the Canadian Press and Bob Webber ran that story. Um, at that point, when I was brought to Alberta and I refused to turn over all of my electronic devices and divulge Richard Marsh's uh, uh, whereabouts to Alan Holman, which he, he could uh, relay this information back to Gerald in and Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. He stopped all payments that were due me, and they all refused to pay me for the jobs that I had already done. Uh, from that point, I fell behind on my rent, which I made back up. Um, I was late on a few other occasions, always made back up before the month was over, paid all my debts, um, and uh, um, Mr. Dennis, who would helped procure the house for me uh, in Alberta, um, basically helped me a great deal out the door, so to speak. And when I left Alberta, my stuff was left behind, and that's what brings us to... Uh, Now, uh, my furniture and my children's toys were destroyed. Um, They were put up on Twitter, uh, photos under uh, sock puppet accounts, um, photographs of this. Uh, Every one of my children's pants and jackets were cut in half their boots. Um, And uh, I had a uh, unborn child uh, many years ago when I was in university the young lady also perished. I had his ashes. The urn was urinated in and destroyed, and was never returned to me.
0: Okay, that I'm sorry about that. That that is a lot. I knew about that, but you know that that's a lot. And um, and we need to. Uh, and I'm going to be doing this a, a few times throughout the podcast. Is that we are not going to talk about anything tonight that we don't have receipts for. Unfortunately, that includes what David Wallace just said. Um, there is uh, the newest development that I can speak to because we're about to show you the receipts. Is that we got in the last forty-eight hours confirmation from the, or, or at least I shouldn't say confirmation. I'm going to be try to be as careful as I can. Um, we got an email from a couple emails from the your former landlady who um, spelled out for us, after sort of months of, of, of dodging the question, I guess I'll say, um, that she said that Jonathan Dennis was the person that came up, to, to came to, that came to the house to pick up these items. Which is interesting. Um, and then tonight, there's a fella by the name of Mike Tarigno. And Mike Tarigno is known to a, a lot of People on Twitter. Um, I know he's got like a, a phantom accounts and things like that. We'll get into that. And one of these, uh, you know, troll accounts that he has posted the items um, that went missing from your apartment. That the uh, that the landlady, as I just indicated, who's um, house? Who's house, James? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a house. Um, that the landlady just confirmed was Jonathan Dennis after months of basically saying she didn't know what happened. She left the stuff outside and all this kind of stuff. So anyways, Mike Tarrigno, for those who don't know, is um, part of the Tarrigno family. They own a place called Osteria, I believe it's called. Um, it's a restaurant in, in Calgary. And he has emailed us along with his brother Maurizio tonight to also tell us, now we have a tertiary, tertiary source in a sense, to also inform us that Jonathan Dennis did indeed pick up your items. And then they confessed in these emails to me. Now, I should say that um, although Mike Turrigno, or someone claiming to be Mike Turrigno, at least, like I don't want to so doubt because the email address seems to check out, um, you know, uh, I... He sent me his number and said he would come on the show. Uh, and I was like, cool. <laughs> that should be fun. And then I received a series of emails. And I'm going to try to get them in order. This is actually from Mauricio Torigno. He says, I understand you want to talk to me. It was me who did the pissing. And Wallace deserved it after what he did to my family. And I'll do it again. And my answer to him was, what date did Jonathan Dennis drop off Dennis's items? or David's items. He said, the landlord, Wallace Stiff, asked Dennis to haul some stuff to her. He paid for her carpet cleaning as he felt bad for introducing her to Wallace. I did the photos and the pissing and Wallace deserved it after his con artist lies. Now, I just want to stop there for a second. I know you got a lot to say, David. And I um, the thing that, the thing that gets me is that these people are, are, from what I understand, a wealthy family in Calgary. They're, they're fairly well-known. Um, I know that Mike Torrigno um, seems to be quite litigious. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he just, or he, you know, in the last five years, I don't know exactly what it was. Um, he won a lawsuit against Mayor Nenchi because Nenchi, uh, I think, libeled him and I think had to pay like hundred grand or something like that. But these emails that I'm receiving tonight, um, a person called me just before I went on air and said, um, careful with some of the people that you deal with in these waters because they like to think that they're clever and they like to try to entrap people. So I want to operate this podcast um, you know, under the auspice of me suggesting to all three of us that, I did receive these emails i just showed them to you they appear to be who they say they're from but i'm going to reserve absolute judgment until i can like talk to one of them on the phone or confirm it in a, in a secondary manner because i don't want the um you know i don't want uh the idea of or i don't want to walk into a trap where it's actually someone named Susie that they put up to it and will... You know what I mean? Like, I think that might be one of their sock
1: puppet names, Susie. Like I, I, for, it, for I blame people. you
0: for making me think like this because all I now think of is like, what's the play? Is there a play here? <laughs> what's going on? Um, Richard, uh, these, um, in the Klondike papers, can you give me an idea of some of the highlights? Because um, um, I think out of the three of us, you probably um know the material the best give me some of the jonathan dennis highlights before we move on to talk more about and i'll show the pictures and the posts of this this stuff that um apparently the Torignos have admitted now in the last 45 minutes to um being in possession being in in possession of and urinating on uh, apparently with glee the piss you could
2: So yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of Jonathan Dennis in the Klondike papers. Uh, most most of the interesting stuff is a long series of text messages from Jonathan Dennis to David Wallace, in which Dennis introduces him to Mike Tarigno, uh, who uh, Dennis refers to as Hot Lips. Um, and the, the so first there's Dennis commissioning David to investigate this covid wedding and the reporter uh, journalist Alana Smith um and David obtains phone logs uh for Jonathan Dennis to try and find out who uh, you know who her contacts were who the journalist contacts were um and then there's Dennis introducing uh, uh Dennis inquiring after trying to find addresses of a number of prominent Calgary politicians uh, and David's finding addresses and background information on on those and then there's uh, communications from Mike Torigno, I believe through Jonathan Dennis um, wanting um, well the statement was the target is Abed Harb Ward 10. So um, this looks like Mike Torigno wanted David to Uh, in somehow sabotage this uh, Abed Harb who I believe is a councillor Calgary councillor and then there's some discussion about the price and and Mike Twigno uh, turns down the David's offer because the price was too high Um, and and the other the other thing that's in there that's interesting is is Jonathan Dennis uh, working with um, with Alan Hallman and also Jonathan Dennis wor- working with Gerald Schipper. In fact, Dennis um, and Schipper, there's, there's an email from Schipper to Jonathan Dennis, which is forwarded to David Wallace. And obviously, Dennis and Schipper were working on something with David Wallace. So that the emails don't state what. So, uh, Dennis Schipper, Torigno, Alan Hallman are all very closely interconnected, particularly the first three. And they're all working together in this kind of dirty political arena.
0: David, what kind of work was it supposed to be?
1: The one between Shapur and uh, Dennis. Um, well, Dennis met with me and discussed that there was a problem with a young lady who was claiming that a counselor uh, had assaulted her that he said was untrue. Uh, I turn down the work. I don't do those types
0: of jobs. Okay. David, also, uh, this is so fresh, right? So so um, just to give the audience a little bit of a background, and again, I'm going to preface this every time I think about it. Um, we are 95% sure that these emails... I, oh, by the way, I just sent an invite to Maurizio to come onto Which the show. Um, Maurizio, I also, I'll, maybe I should send him the the link to the podcast as well, just to, so he can watch and maybe you will prompt him to want to come on. I don't know. I, I, I want him to, like, I mean, there is, it's easy to laugh uh, and, and part of me wants to, um, but because of what they have seemingly and allegedly done to you and to the items that you had and the significance behind those items, there's absolutely nothing funny about this. What's alarming to me is that they would admit it in emails. And that's why that person who I spoke with when that person told me about 45 minutes ago or an hour ago, whenever it was, that um, many people that swim in these waters, as I said, because I want to be as ambiguous as possible because many of these people are litigious as hell, um, will do things to try to entrap you. And, and so I'm going to say it again, as I'm going to say another bunch of times in this episode. I'm 95% sure that these email addresses are legit. They seem legit. I, I texted them. You know, I called. I got the answer machine. It sounded like I'm like Torino, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, yeah. Okay. I want to know, David, and, um, you know, I know it's difficult, right? But I need to for you to, like, explain to me the impact of what it is like to see something like your deceased child's urn and your ch- current children's toys on social media with a giddy claim that they were just pissed on—I—I I, I need to just know um, what that made you feel like, and and you know how you know how you're processing what's happened then and what's happened tonight.
1: I'll, I'll never process it. These these fuckers raped me. Is what they did. They they pissed. these animals have been getting away with this for decades they've been victimizing people women and children because that's what they do let me ask you michael when you pose as a woman on twitter i know why you do it you know why you do it. it's because you want to be one but i'm not going to treat you that way because i don't go that way but what i'm saying is
0: hold on hold on hold on and that's what i feel that took a little bit of a left turn um and we live in a very gender sensitive era. And I don't know if he wants, Mike Turkin wants to be a woman. So let's certainly- He certainly first. is acting
1: like a man who is confused, but I'm not confused about the issue at hand. What they did is sick. And bullies like this do these sick acts because nobody stands up to them, but it's time the line is drawn one way or the other. We need to deal with this problem. We cannot allow people to do this. If they do it to me, how many other people have they done to? How many people live in fear? How many people cower before these acts? It's disgusting. And no civilized society can deal with this. It needs to be dealt with now. And if they are admitting to this, if this is actually factual, then I will be more than happy to add these two individuals, um, one who I've never met or heard of, I would be more than happy to add them to the lawsuit that our our lawyer is preparing right now. And um, we'll have our day in court. And then hopefully, as part of that court proceeding, i certainly hope that they get some therapy for their 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 sickness because it is sick and it needs to be cured
0: i just want to also point out that this entire podcast is brought to you by the word allegedly okay um allegedly. <laughs> there's so much to process here um okay let's process the pictures because okay so the email where he admits Here's Maurizio, allegedly. Maurizio, uh, uh, you know, fuck, I forgot to blank that one out. But um, whatever. I understand you want to talk to me. It was me who did the pissing, and Wallace deserved it after what he did to my family. And then, so these are the posts, if I'm not mistaken. This is one of them. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure is. And you're nothing. So this is what it says. This is uh, posted by someone that says... Uh, David of Barry, which I guess is sort of uh, a phantom account. That's a knock on you because you're from Barry. Is that the idea? You think?
1: I don't know how these people think.
0: I okay. suppose My that was
1: intention.
0: Your name is David. And you're from Barry. Chances are, when they post pictures of your toys, they made a handle based on that. But anyways, oh, I'm guessing yes. Yeah. So this, uh, so there's a picture of a soccer ball, um, like a little wagon with like plastic shovels. And uh, a little rectangular kind of container for sand or whatever. And it says, and you're nothing but a fraud. Recognize these toys. They were left behind. Probably after social services seized your kids. That's (laughs) untrue. You were evicted. How does that feel? Vagrant addict. There's this post. Also, David of Barry. The chair you used to smoke pot in. You know what's so funny about that? I'd be like, "Why is he... Is, he, is, it a, is it a love letter or a threat? Like, like, so you smoke pot. Is that the idea? Is that, you know... Anyways, it just seems like a weird thing to say. Um, the chair you used to smoke pot in. You left all this crap for a single parent to clean up. That's a reference to your landlady. How does it feel to rip someone off? Okay, also not true. Um, and you're nothing but a fraud. Recognize these toys. Okay, so that's the same one. These... And there's there's more. I don't have them all loaded up yet because of everything that happened before the podcast came on. But, you know, there's other accounts that have posted them. And, you know, those pictures combined with those emails that we got tonight are startling brazen acts of people that either get away with this stuff a lot or are just trying to get us to say things that we shouldn't say because they're litigious uh, richard you've kind of been able to glean the psychology of some of these people in the klondike papers um you know do you have a working theory as to why they would be admitting something like this like litigious people are usually careful are they not like
2: well i mean one one theory is that uh they are just protecting jonathan dennis dennis may be for example offering them large sums of money to take the fall on his behalf or equally he may have dirt on them that he's even worse dirt that he's threatening to unload because the before the before you received these emails from the torignos the evidence was all that jonathan dennis personally was responsible for these evil uh communications and so on because you know we have witness that jonathan dennis took both the toys and the chairs from the house where you know david was formerly living and then suddenly two people who we know to be acquaintances of jonathan dennis suddenly leap forward and incriminate themselves i mean are they being paid do they Odin is something, or are they really guilty? And, uh, you know, it's hard to think why they would incriminate themselves unless it's to protect someone else.
0: Yeah. Um, David, can I ask about um, when the Nenshi job um, fizzled out, were you still, you must have still been on like have decent terms with hallman and dennis and stuff because you got the richard marsh kidnapping allegedly gig after that correct i did
1: many jobs for hallman hallman senior um acted and these are in the klondike papers Allen's email address telephone number whatsapp accounts so they're documented and verified alan offered to take what he called the nenshi tape and shop it around and uh, try to work out a deal between myself and the wenzels so that's in the papers um, Jonathan Dennis also offered to act as a go-between between myself and the Wenzel's that's in the papers um, Alan Hallman didn't care his kid had helped with the fundraising and then handed me off to Prem they understood why the job fell apart that it was no fault of my own um, I did dozens of jobs for Alan Hallman he was always happy with my work again that is in the Klondike papers he's on record of saying so um, and I did jobs uh, when he introduced me to his friends, such as Gerald Chapor, And in the terms of Mr. Marsh, I was successful. I found Richard. Wasn't my fault that the supposed warrants alleging to criminality didn't exist and that their real goal was simply to have me track him down so they could um, have me hold him, call a number and they would send a team. Again, that's all factual information that has been verified in the papers.
0: I just, I'm just i laughing because I just imagined them selling, uh, sending uh, the Rapid Relief team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here's a burger. <laughs> we can't eat with so you that, anymore. That's all
2: I wanted to do. They, they, they just wanted to give me a burger and some fries. Yeah. Um,
0: but the
1: fact that in the papers and private detective uh, statements and other papers from not private detectives, the fact that they were using former and current Calgary Police Service officers to track down Mr. Marsh, and they were unsuccessful. They had been unsuccessful for a period of years uh, across several provinces and different continents in not tracking him down. So this was a concerted effort to hunt this man.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna go over something because uh, I, I I can totally appreciate, Land Schaefer just said, I forget who all these people are to who. So um, I'm gonna try my best, and one and do you guys interject if I get anything wrong. So, when we talk about Alan Hallman, Alan Hallman is like a political operative. He's worked for people like uh, Ralph Klein. He's worked for Jason Kenney, I believe. Um, and he's been uh, basically, he's sort of like David, like, like you know, kind of a fixer, right? Like, a, or a political operative of sorts, right? Um, and when we talk about Jonathan Dennis, Jonathan Dennis is the former Attorney General or Justice Minister of Alberta. He's the one in those videos, if you guys recall, that came out about a month ago where he mocks Indigenous accents. Um, Hallman and Dennis work together when they, um, do, let's just say political activities. Um, Mike Torrigno, um, which was a name that was sort of new to me is also referred to as hot lips in the,
2: <laughs>
0: sounds like will sounds like a Farrell movie sometimes. Um, it, who's often referred to hot lips inside the Klondike papers. Um, his family, very litigious family, also friends with Jonathan Dennis, um, also very litigious and everything uh and they are the people that tonight uh mauricio and mike um seemingly uh we think are the ones that sent the emails uh saying that they admitted to pissing on these toys um and we're just doing a quick recap here and why that's important is and they implicated jonathan dennis in these emails as the person who picked them up and why that's important is because it shows that when david wallace was asked to hold and hand over Richard Marsh, refused to, and sort of blew the whistle on that. Um, His world fell apart because the people that brought him to Alberta to have him do his political fixing there with the Nenshi thing and with the Richard Marsh thing, now wanted to dispose of him. So they made his life a living hell. They got him evicted from the house that they had originally um, organized and secured for him. And when he was evicted, all of his stuff was still inside, and so for the last I don't know how many months, whatever it is, we have been. David has strongly suspected that Jonathan Dennis was the person that did come over and take his stuff, and we have the landlady um, who also emailed us in the last forty eight hours. Is this the right one? No. Yep. Uh, this one. <laughs> uh yes, those items okay, but that's not really the important one, which is the important one okay, this is an email from uh David's ex- landlady saying the chairs and when she says the chairs, that also means the other things because they were in the photos with the chair Well as the, the chairs picked piece, up by a Jonathan second email Dent.
2: which which says that he also picked up the toys so yes yeah this, this one is the chairs.
0: Yeah, so this one's – and she's got another one that says that Jonathan Dennis – so we have the landlady emailing us, telling us that um, Jonathan – emailing Richard, I should say, uh, telling Richard that Jonathan Dennis, the former attorney general of Alberta, is the one that picked up the items that then showed up on social media posts, the exact items that the landlady said Jonathan Dennis picked up and were posted with um, basically saying that they were pissed on. And then tonight we have Maurizio Turigno, Mike Tarigno's brother, confessing that they did the pissing. And then we have another one from Maurizio that said, Mikey took the photos, Mike Tarigno took the photos. Anyway, so that I'm laying it out for you like that because I want people to understand and this is really kind of the, the nucleus of a lot of this, uh, a, lot, a lot of just this murky world, is that in, in Alberta especially, as we're seeing with this, the political dirty tricks is more of a culture than democracy is in that province. The people that get elected, the people that, um, that, that run institutions that are there for the benefit of the citizens of Alberta and the people that they're connected with—counselors, political operatives, former premiers—you uh, know, the uh, uh, former attorney general—all associate in an ecosystem of self-protection and brazen acts like like the, what we're seeing right now. And it is like it would be impossible, I think, if you if you were a, a wannabe plucky politician to go to Alberta and try to become some sort of successful politician without having to go through some weird hazing, um, you know, litmus tests from the people that seem to run what I would now consider the most crooked province in this country. Um, I hope that answers your question Leanne because it, I understand it's a con- it can be a confusing story. It can be like, you know, hard for people to process. I'm trying to lay it out as best I can David if you have anything to add to what i just said that can well, help it's people not just understand what they did they mm-hmm.
1: also our, our passports never made it back um, um, every photo that we had was cut Right. multiple sections
0: pictures of my
1: children are showing up on websites that i've never heard of they have every one of my passwords my electronic devices my computers they stole everything um
0: allegedly uh, yeah brought to you by allegedly what what, I wonder what a lawyer would advise right, right now. Um, it seems to me that a lawyer would be like, you could probably sue these people. If, if all these emails are legit, we think they are, but we don't. One from them. the landlady is all I needed. Well, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to get in a way. I, 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 there'd, there'd be so many lawyers right now that are probably watching this going. Why are guys even talking about this on air? You know? Because <laughs> people but need you, to know with the shame, not right. behind a courtroom. That, people well, need to hear it out right. front. You know what? I I agree with you, and you want to know why? I, we're just let's put all our cards on the table for a second. I I want to like tell people again what uh, like as Ryan Lindley would say how the sausage has was made, and so we were um, talking to an attorney, David and I, in the last like four days about all this before all of this shit came to pass today. Today, obviously, and when we told him that we. He first, um, I was talking to him first, and he was advising me to advise David. This is before David we uh we conferenced you in, that we needed to get an Alberta attorney to take on the lawsuit against you from Shane Holmes, the Wenzel, because of processing familiarity that that, that uh, uh an Alberta attorney would have with how the law is practiced in, in Alberta. And he has a good point. But when we conferenced with the lawyer, with David, we told him that we are not comfortable. David told him that David is not comfortable Um, trying to figure out which Alberta attorney hasn't been poisoned by the well of this culture that seems to permeate in this province. And so we are now, and now that, that lawsuit is separate. Um, I don't know the law enough to understand um, why Jesse Brown's, legal team won't absorb you in the lawsuit to protect you as the source of the material that they willingly published. And I'm not, I'm not accusing Jesse Brown of anything. I I just, maybe I'm ignorant of how the law works, but it seems to me that when a journalist or a source um, provides you with information, you vet it and then you publish it and then get sued for publishing the information that you vetted. Your lawyer should be representing the source or the journalist that helped you out. That that is a very uneducated opinion about how the law works, but it feels right to me. So, you know, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. Um, where where do where does this leave? Um, like like uh, this is the this is the better question, and I'm stumbling over my words because there, there it was impossible to do prep. Um, for this for this show because of everything that's developed in the last hour but i i am curious how smoking the gun has to be for people to understand what is happening in that province and um david i'm wondering you know how confident are you that that any lawsuit like say all this turns out to be true How confident are you that any lawsuit could proceed unencumbered by that crooked culture that exists there? It's a good
1: question. I mean, I have questions about, of course, the police there who rousted me, told me to get out of the province and stop hassling Holman. Um, They knew about this well over a year ago. This is the same police force who Alan Holman said his handpicked detective would take a, a tape and try to set up the RCMP with. So uh, I have zero trust in its policing or its judiciary. um, And I think that it would be almost impossible. However, um, you know, we've spoken to the police here. We are pursuing criminal charges on what was done to my property. We do have sufficient uh, uh, evidence that we were told that they will investigate and they will liaison with Calgary Police Services just to make sure that that is done above board. Um, and we will be proceeding with a legal case because unless people uh, are, are so blatant about breaking the law, the evidence is starting to become overwhelming.
0: Yeah, um, it, it has a um, no, I, I, I don't. My head is spinning because I keep on looking at my email to see if one of these Tarrignos are going to email me back and tell me that they're coming. I should probably well, the one on volunteered phone. to come on, so come Mike on. Turigno, Mike Torigno said he would come on the show tonight. Um, he gave me his number. Maybe we should call him. Maybe we should do a call-in show, except we're calling other people. Um, I'm going to call him right now, see what happens. Go. get him on the show, if he wants to come on. <whistles> of
1: course. Leave him back. After leaving a
0: message. <laughs> him, that's how I know it's Mike Turino Leave a message, what the fuck? yeah (laughs) you know yeah um i uh richard are you at all surprised though
2: Uh, at what in particular
0: well at the at the brazenness of what has happened tonight with these emails um you know given everything that's happened to you uh i you know it's not the exact same well it's sort of the same people but there's there's such overlap between the plymouth brethren christian church and many of the people that we associate with Alberta politics. Um, you know the Jonathan Dennis's of the world, the Gerald Shapour's of the world, the Alan Holmans of the world. Are you? Are, are but is this level that it's potentially reached with these emails tonight? Does it even surprise you?
2: Uh, well, no. Well, I wasn't surprised to find Jonathan Dennis had had taken the stuff from from David's house. That was that was not surprising at all. Um, I was a little surprised about the confession emails. Um, I'm not at all surprised if the Torignos are involved because it was—it's very obvious from the Clonbeatty <coughs> papers that um, Mike Torigno is very much Jonathan Dennis's little sidekick, who he uses for, um, you know, to keep certain activities at arm's length. Um, but yeah, just the, the the readiness to confess is a little surprising, and that's why I suspect it—it it may be somewhat under duress.
0: Yeah, um, David, the the toll that this, this has taken on you has cost you a lot. It's cost you, it sounds like a, it's cost you your marriage. Um, it's definitely cost you any shot at making an income. Um, you know, does it make you, I'm going to ask you a question that's probably unexpected, but does it make you, regret the line of work that you were in just in general
1: no because the vast majority of my career wasn't working with scumbag politicians or goons like this it was overseas and it was more private business and industry um things of that nature those were professionals those weren't clowns or wannabes or pathetic excuses for gangsters um um, television stereotypes is what i call them um that part i regret but i still don't regret Um, basically protecting Richard because uh, he wasn't in the game and they lied to me. Don't lie to me. I do my job. I do it well. If he was not somebody who was wanted by the law, I would never have agreed to work for them to try to locate them. And I feel responsible because once I did locate him, then he was in danger. And um, I have no regrets on that at all. None. I'm sorry that what has happened. I, am certainly devastated, but my wife, uh, um, has a right to, to leave because of this. I, I wouldn't want to stay either. It's uh, very difficult circumstances, but I wouldn't change it because, uh, I like sleeping at night. It's a, it's a nice change of pace.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm starting to, um, get a little worried about my own family. Um, is that, um, smart or is it paranoid or should I be Well, it's always good to be careful, especially, especially against, uh,
1: people such as this. I mean, if you look and the intelligence is not really there, they're, they're, they're cunning like animals, but they have no morals, no values, no scruples, Um, real professional, uh, criminals or gangsters. They certainly don't target children or periphery people, um, but cowards and uh, halfwits do. So I think it's always good to be mindful um, when you're faced off with people who have the intellectual capacity of of, of children.
0: Yeah. Um, but dangerous ones sometimes, right? Of course. Anybody
1: with a gun and a big mouth can be dangerous simply because they don't have the judgment on how to use it.
0: Yeah, I mean who would have thought that trying to take down a really powerful cult and really powerful politicians would result in stress, you know? Sometimes, yes, that happens. <laughs> Remember what's that song? You do it to yourself. You do anyways. Little radio had never hurt anyone except for people who are suicidal because it's really sad music. Um it's a good time to mention you're
1: not suicidal right now, James. That's what I will say. I,
0: I'm not okay, I'm not suicidal. If something happens to me. Chances are it is one of a dozen people I'm trying to destroy in Alberta. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not exactly. trying to. I'm not suicidal I just, either. I
1: believe that I should be fired. I never quit.
0: The thing is, I'm not trying to actually destroy anyone. You know what I'm trying to do? And, and you two are the starting point and the first dominoes of all of the work that I have been doing over the last six months. Okay, Richard, your story is <coughs> right out of a movie, how you cross paths with David, David could have been your kidnapper. (laughs)
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, the, the, all the twists and turns that these stories have taken and how this, uh, cult has operatives that keep on like overlapping with, um, you know, other stories of politics and, and Nenshi schemes and, um, fat government contracts to front companies, um you know i I, there's a lot of money involved and whenever i think of um stories that i get involved with and i think of like you know reporting on people who have a lot of money it worries me like just the people on this panel look what collectively what they've done to you two and i'm sitting here like you know since the summertime looking over my shoulder everywhere that i go luckily for me I live in an area where I can see any car coming from like two kilometers away. So so you know what I mean? Like I'm always sort of on the lookout. I now have cameras outside my house in several different areas. So the second that you walk onto my property, you're being recorded. I have like night cameras now and you know, I don't know what else to do. Um, Richard, you've been running from people like this for a long time. What, can you give me any pointers? Like, of what, if, I'm, if I'm stationed in one spot, is there anything I should be doing right now to protect myself? Am I being paranoid? Like, you
2: know? No, not at all. I mean, if you're on your own, um, it's easy enough to disappear. Um, if you have family, children, if you own a house, much, much more difficult. Um but yeah I, I mean i I mean the brethren made the mistake of putting me in a position where i didn't have, literally had no possessions. well, and everything I owned, I could get on my back, put it like that, and someone in that situation is can disappear very thoroughly and effectively um out of the reach of both kind of goons and thugs and and out of the reach of of the law, if they're going to use sort of um, facetious um, lawsuits and slap tactics to try and use the law to um, pull me down. But if you own property, um, have a family, own a business, anything like that, or are in regular employment, it's much harder to hide um really publicity is is the biggest safety if you put your hand up and put your face out there and say look i'm reporting on these people they're dangerous they've got a history of um harassment and potentially violence and threats then it makes it difficult for them to act because if anything happens to you everyone will know where to look yeah um but I mean, as a journalist, David you are. It would be. I mean, as, as as um um. Dennis found when he tried to uh, get Alanis' um, phone records. If you go after a journalist, that looks really really bad. Um, so, I'm a journalist you know, again. You've got, you've got some protection there
0: <laughs>
2: as a I've been, as a I've media.
0: Yeah, I've been telling people for the last month that like, you know, I don't think I'm a journalist anymore because of like, you know, I, I, I don't really at least I'm not an investigative journalist, but I just like yeah. to point out after what you said to everybody, I'm a journalist. Yeah, yeah
2: that's good. <laughs> please don't, yeah, please don't person.
0: kill me. I'm a journalist. Yeah. Um, but really, though, there's a lot, the contagious, the contagion that um, I'm seeing here. And David, you would have been the first domino of that. Um, or maybe Richard as well, because Richard, when you left the cult, you you needed to protect your family by not contacting them. Then you come here, David is hired to find you, hold you, and hand you off to the team. Um, and out of a sense of protection, uh, like a a protectionist's um conscience, David refuses to do that. Um when the Klondike Papers is is formed, and you guys um, and release that to certain journalists, stories start to come out. Um, I start talking to you guys, and we have Cheryl Hope on. Again, Cheryl Hope was trying to protect other potential victims. She was, uh, you know, trying to come make it um, to make it known um, that uh, what she had went through and and the courage that that took, and you can totally see who the good guys are and who the bad guys are in this situation and i think what might be happening is that spotlighting them in the last year and a half they probably have had more bad press than they did in the previous decade david wouldn't you say
1: i would agree yeah absolutely and uh, it's dangerous when you have private citizens out hiring people to track and stalk people because that's what it is um, you know, I would certainly be mindful if I were both you individuals, always check your six, make sure that you're okay. Um, you know, they're going to, if they're going to come, they're going to come, um, they'll probably come for me first and that's fine. But I think that, uh, these individuals should perhaps, uh, realize that, um, the entire reason I was hired for these things is because I can find people and, uh, I can be got to absolutely. But conversely, that means so can you
0: well thanks david I, I feel a lot better now now that you mentioned that um the uh um i've been advised to move to newfoundland they won't be able to get a pass they won't be able to get past the snow or the new hmm. um which is funny to me because i actually have family in oh i shouldn't even say, see now now i gotta censor myself right, yeah, right? yeah i can't I can't make all these clever anecdotes about where my family lives um, because now- It's a shame that cowards get
1: to call the shots because that's what they are. They're cowards. And the tune of the people in Alberta realize that there's just a lot of bark and no balls and the position of power Throw these men out in the street, take care of your own problem. That's where the trash belongs.
0: Yeah. Um, we also want to just point out that while we realize that a lot of things that we say- uh, on this podcast a lot of things that we um you know show people on this podcast can put us in the um danger zone but sometimes um you just sure. yeah, well, well sometimes good. sometimes you just gotta like do what your heart tells you to do and so what my heart tells me is that the idea that someone would admit to pissing on something and by the way jonathan dennis business partners former business partners i believe Uh, with leader of the opposition, Pierre Polyev. Um, Yeah. These boys all around. They owned a robocalls company together, which if anybody knows their political history um, in Canada, um, would remember the name Pierre Poutine, um, who was the alias of whoever was involved in a robocalls scam. (laughs) when when they called and tried to misdirect liberal voters to the wrong polling stations on election day in, in a few ridings in order to try to tip the scales in those ridings. Um, many people strongly suspected it was Pierre Polier at the time who was part of the robocall scam because, um, you know, and then I, I, you know what I should, if someone could fact check this, but like, I don't remember if he owned the robocalls company during the robocall scandal. But it is kind of funny. Um, but, you know... Okay, you'll remember him in a few years,
1: either, I highly doubt this man will ever be prime minister. Not with these
0: Well, cars. it's just that when you swim in waters with carp, you probably have a shitty pair of lips yourself, right? Like, there, there is, you know, there, there is something about it. But I wanted to also state that sometimes it's worth the risk. Like, for example, here is a picture of one of the Torignos who had allegedly admitted tonight to pissing Ooh, he's an ugly on, fucker,
1: isn't
0: he? to pissing on uh, David's children's toys. Um <laughs> and funny? we thought it would be fitting to show him pissing right directly onto Pierre Polyev's face because eventually this is probably gonna go back and haunt Pierre Polyev. Like I, I would imagine that it would be tough to explain your relationships and associations with people who do this kind of things that like fucking like that's what a serial killer does who pisses on children's toys and then sends it to the parent like is anything off limits with these people david
1: no obviously not i mean my kids right now they don't even have snow clothes it's freezing here and uh, that's because we've been put into a horrible position i mean i'm Working as much day labor as I can every time I get into a half decent position, somebody shows me a video mostly from your network or Dean Blundell show and asks me to walk away. So, um, which one was that one?
0: I mean, the fat little one that's the other one, isn't it? Mike, the hot, I, I, the I'm just guy. learning, I'm just learning these, these names tonight. I, I don't know, I think um, that's
1: Mike. I think that's Mike. That guy. one, that, no, the other one's a chubby, you've got like a head like a ball sack. <laughs> Is that him? I don't think so. I think it must be the other idiot.
0: Um, by the way, kudos to you, Richard Marsh, for choosing the perfect picture of Pierre have. <laughs> yeah, it does look like it's getting sprayed,
2: doesn't it? Play,
0: playing the role of yeah. children's toys. And I know this might seem like we are also guilty, uh, but but really, it is not the same thing. It, 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 you know, wh- this isn't a threat. This is like, uh, what we're doing is um, we're we're using hyperbole to make a point, and we're trying to use humor. Um we're we are not saying, by the way, that Pierre Polyev had anything to do with any of the things that we're talking about tonight. B- that that picture is a metaphor of what we feel should be on the lips of reporters inside Alberta, which is asking questions about this shit. Not not just David's um, you know toys and and that heinous act, but all of the other stuff that's come out, all of the stuff in the Kleindank papers that show direct communications from Jonathan Dennis to David or how Alan Holman to David about the Nenshi scheme, about the Richard Marsh stuff, uh, uh, you know, about the relationship with people like Brad Mitchell and Diplock, people who are involved in the, in, in the Plymouth Brethren Christian church and why the church gets so much money to do government contracts.
1: God you know, you. Real God you.
0: Like if you were writing you know, a, a, a political thriller novel. I mean, this is the kind of shit that would be in it. Like, like, you know, you you couldn't write this stuff. This 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 stuff is so crazy. I can I can almost understand and defend why editors and reporters were really hesitant to report on this. Um, aside from the like fact that like now I feel unsafe reporting on it, it's fucking ridiculous. A lot of it, even though it's completely provable, it, a lot of it is like so ridiculous that I don't even know if editors would be able to like come up with a way to present the material. Like what's the headline? Jonathan Dennis steals allegedly, this is all alleged, right? Jonathan Dennis steals political fixers, children's toys and associate pisses on them and posts them online. It it is. The stories are so crazy that you couldn't even make a headline except Dean Blundell, who seems to think you can put 40 words in a headline. (laughs) Right. No. Uh, but you know guys let's discuss this like i don't know i don't have any i'm not interviewing you now we're just we're just talking now like because there's no more questions to ask um richard tell me something say something
2: please yeah well i mean it it is bizarre and it, it, it's bizarre in the terms of the extremes um that you find in the same small group of people because here you have uh jonathan dennis was a uh, you know he's quite a famous guy he rose to prominence very very rapidly he became the you know became the minister of this and the minister of that and then the minister of justice and he was um he was sort of given accolades for getting to this very elevated position under the age of 40. and then he suddenly goes off the edge of the cliff and plunges down and down it started off with his divorce um from his wife which is very acrimonious and all sorts of salacious details come out drug use and abuse are alleged um and then he's then he's hires um has david wallace to get the reporters phone logs because he had allegedly had too many people at a covert wedding and at the same time he comes there's a conflict of interest case comes up against him um and there was something else what else was it so many things oh yeah then he then he got slammed convicted contempt of court for trying to intimidate um a witness or the person who was taking the case and um and then he turns up again um you know he's all over the klondike papers he's associating with mike torigno whom he refers to as hot lips and clearly has a relationship with um and, and then this this elevated guy, I mean, this guy who's the Minister of Justice of Alberta, which is a hugely wealthy and influential province. I mean, it's got a bigger budget than some small European countries. This guy is sneaking around, um, sneaking into someone's house and stealing furniture and children's toys and delivering them apparently to Mike Tarigno for the purpose of Mike and his brother to piss on them and take photos of them and post them on social media. I mean this is the kind of stuff that even like delinquent teenagers don't normally stoop to. I mean this is so juvenile and and vile and yet it's this guy from the very top of the system that that has done this apparently. You
1: like to play and the And you get a
2: sort of cognitive dissonance. Um uh trying to accommodate those two extremes in you know is this the same person and and you really you get the same with the plymouth brethren christian church because you look at their website and they're such lovely generous christians with such a great heart towards all the world and at the same time these same people um you know who are running all these beautiful schools to keep their give their children this christian upbringing they're trying to hire um Chuck Zito, former Hell's Angels boss to hire down someone that's, you know, hunt down or recover their debts in that case. And they're hiring David Wallace to hunt down a critic. And they're mixed up in all this dirty stuff. And so you've got these, these extremes and it, it it is hard to believe.
0: Okay. The receipts are all there. And. I, I'm going to now um, post or show a graphic. I'll read it out as well for people listening. Um, that prompted the Torignos to contact me. I sent the following list of questions to Jonathan Dennis earlier on today. I said, "Hi, Jonathan. Here." The... So I talked to Jonathan Dennis on the phone today. Um, I called him up. Um, his personal number is in the Klondike Papers, and the first thing he said is, "How did you? How did you get this number? This is a private." Phone. how did you get this number? And I didn't answer him. And I just was like, Hey, my name is James DeFiori from uh, blackball Media. And he's like, I, I no, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but I've never heard of you. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> no one said you had to. <laughs> I, I actually believe him. Um, you know, anyways, so the first question that I asked him is, did you remove children's toys and other items from I guess I'm not going to say it. Uh, you can read if you want from this address that belonged to David Wallace. Are you aware that these items were then posted on social media with captions claiming they had been urinated on. Now, the third question is the question that I think prompted the emails that I got from Trigno. the third question is, are you familiar with simple IP tracing technology that can pinpoint the sender of social media posts? Bingo. That is the question that I asked him today. Um, And the reason why I asked is because we do have someone that specializes in exactly that. And it's really interesting to me that after sending that, because normally I think that you wouldn't ignore those questions if you're Jonathan Dennis, but he obviously forwarded that immediately to Mike Torigno. Mike Torigno then sends me his phone number, but doesn't answer his phone. And then Mike and Maurizio proceed to send me these emails admitting the stuff that I asked Jonathan Dennis about. David, what does your fixer brain tell you about what happened, allegedly? And please, please preface that. Well, they're
1: probably worried that allegedly we took those um, very specialized uh, packets of information to allegedly professionals in law enforcement, allegedly who confirmed where those IP addresses originated from, which probably allegedly caused these uh, two alleged men to uh, (laughs) fall on their sword um, because it's always better to get ahead of something. So um, allegedly it's these two individuals that responded, and uh, one of them, uh, the fat little one, uh, Hot Lips there, I wonder how he got that name from Dennis. I can take a pretty good guess at it. Um, so he allegedly uh, offers to come on the show. We're on the show. Come on.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll i check my email again just to see if they've responded. I did send him the P picture and I, with the caption, all in good fun. You know, if they can admit to pissing on children's toys, we can send them a funny little meme, right? Like, that's... that's well, you know, it's, right. fun. it's all
1: fun and games. What they did to me is one thing. I'm a professional. I'm a big boy. I can take it. And if we were face-to-face, trust me, it wouldn't be this. However, this is people who are, are uh, uh, assisting and shielding a dirty ex cop who raped a 16-year-old at gunpoint. Started grooming. Allegedly. Up allegedly, okay? These are the same people who uh, uh, Jonathan Dennis allegedly told said victim that she needed a publication ban, which allegedly helped this counselor uh, get enough of a head start to retain his seat. A man who has been shameless has not resigned that seat and is literally costing the city tens of thousands of dollars in effort to try to remove it, which is the decent thing. When do we stand up, Alberta? When do we stand up and remove the predators from the scene? When you have a rabid animal, you don't cower in the village. You go out, you hunt for those animals and you remove them because that's what you do. You put them down like sick, diseased dogs. You have to take care of your own garbage. Stop shielding these men, stop enabling them. Let a spade be called a spade and let these men be dragged into the light. Yeah,
2: but didn't an American president say something about draining the swamp at one time?
1: You need to drain this swamp. I'll tell you one thing: justice and decency is never decided in locked rooms and expensive restaurants after dark, where co-conspirators sit and meet about pissing on children's toys and dead babies.
0: It, It it's very like Sopranos. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 it has a, a real wise guy
1: of- acts like this. They've got respect and they got they got dignity and they got rules. Like me, these aren't criminals. Real professional criminals. Real wise guys have some honor. These are wanna be punks.
0: As Little- Keras oh. one once, as Karis one once said, real bad boys move in silence. Oof. Right. So it feels like what we're dealing with is again. I'm going to reiterate one last time Allegedly. that either we received emails legit emails from mike and Maurizio torigno tonight where they admitted to pissing on david's children's toys and chairs and furniture whatever um and also implicating jonathan dennis which is now a second person who's implicated that jonathan dennis dennis stole allegedly your your my log- gonna
1: love you mr dennis he's gonna love you
0: um it is so absurd that I, I'm 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 fucking speechless, guys. I, I don't I don't know what to say anymore. I I, I think we're gonna wrap soon because I, I don't know what else can be said. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know uh, how what kind of emails I should expect, if any, in the next um you know, forty eight hours. I probably should talk to a lawyer. Um, I should probably get a restraining order. I don't know. Like, I need. Mind to do don't, it matter.
1: don't mind. They don't matter.
0: I'm not going to stop. That's the thing. Like, I'm not. You know, my problem is, I, 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 you know, and it's a blessing and a problem. But like, you know, I don't know how to stop because I feel like um, there is so much more work to do. You know, I, I want to help any way that I can and keep my family safe at the same time. But I'm not going to be able to just stop working on this. So given that, you know, um, I, I should probably talk to, to, to my lawyer and, and figure out how to proceed with these podcasts, how to like, you know, if I should just keep going the way we're going or, or if I need to not take a step back, but switch up the style in which I report it. Um, or I just keep going. Yes, yes, you may, please.
2: You should probably have a word to Nathan Jacobson, yes. uh, when I was in trouble i I had a meeting with him and he he offered me his protection and he sent a message to certain people that i was I was under his protection and I haven't had any trouble since I also noticed in a in a recent podcast he 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 pointed out that he had uh, volunteered to go to Ukraine but hadn't actually got called up yet but in anticipation of that he had got himself. A very nice sniper rifle and he assured us that he was extremely proficient in the use of it
0: yeah that was on he the rat fucker podcast yeah. yeah
2: i mean that should offer some comfort
0: um, i should i well you know what's funny about that is that um when in the summertime when i was uh, at an undisclosed location where you visited me richard um yes you know i and i was having issues it's so funny i'm gonna <laughs> for those who don't know david i would smoke a joint on the patio Okay, and this is like the day after the second time I saw this sedan in the driveway, which is weird for that house. Richard, if you recall, you literally have to drive like 100 yards before you get to the house on the driveway. So, yeah, for No one can adjust- go there by accident. No one can no. drive down there by mistake. No. No so I way. was a little <laughs> paranoid, and uh, David, I already told you this, but um, I would go out at nighttime, and first of all, I would leave the porch light on all night long, you know, because I was... I looked up and uh, like years ago, I looked up this thing when I first had kids um, that said statistically, your house is less likely to be broken into if the outside outside light is on. So I I do it at home anyways, but alone, you'd think I would just keep, you know, whatever. I fucking had the light on. I go outside and smoke a joint. And um, when I would hear rustling in the vast forest (laughs) right, right beside me, which could have been one of like 50 different species of animal, I would joke, I would, I would crack a joke that only I would get because I was the only one there where I would go, I, I'd smoke a joint, I'd hear something and I'd be, and I would literally say this. I said this about half a dozen times. The guy you're looking for is David Wallace. <laughs> because I knew they were already after you. And I just was like, but then, <laughs> but then I would you just laugh why. because it was just a silly thing to say. But now I feel like I'm back at that place again. And the whole point of me telling the story is that at that time, Nathan Jacobson was helpful He did advise me to file a police report uh, regarding that car and what my suspicions were, which I did. Um, He did offer his protection at that time. I don't want to speak for him now, but um, I consider Nathan Jacobson to be a pretty good acquaintance at this point because we've been, we we talk fairly regularly. Um, You know, I also don't want to hide behind him without his approval. So I, I, you know, uh, you know, this is one of those conversations. Nathan's an
1: honorable guy.
0: I know he is, but this is one of those conversations we probably should be having off air, and not on air, but yeah. You know, I I think I understand why he why you said it on there, but you know, um it, it kind of reminds me there was there was always these uh, guys back in uh when I was in high school. There was one guy in particular, um, and he was a friend. Uh and you know, I still I, I haven't chatted with him in a long time, but I'm I'm sure we'd be cool. But uh his name was Kevin Fleming, and we used to say like there were so many guys, not we, because I never did this, but there were so many people that'd be like, I'm gonna get Kevin Fleming after you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I and I remember once I was uh I was partying with him when we were like in our early twenties and I was like, Did you know about this that, that people would like cite your name and use you as a threat? And he he had no idea, right? So um I don't want Nathan Jacobson to make it to 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 think that I'm like trying to oh get Nathan Jacobson to come after you. You don't leave me alone, you know. But at the same time, it's nice to have allies like that, right? Totally is. David Can Jacobson was pretty instrumental, wasn't he, David, in, in helping you when make your transition from fixer to whistleblower?
1: Yes, he was, absolutely. And you should take a little solace in the fact that they're barking so loud. I mean, um, a lot of people have wanted me dead since 1989. I'm still here. Yeah. And they're not looking for me anymore.
0: Well. We'll see what happens after after this podcast. Uh, I don't know who's one of us is probably gonna get served some frivolous libel notes. It's what cowards do. They
1: serve papers.
0: Yeah. Imagine getting served by people who just admitted to pissing on kids' toys that were stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even, Richard's like Richard Stone. like he oh, maybe he maybe he uh he froze. Richard, are you good?
2: Sorry, I lost you. Yeah, the internet's a bit dodgy here.
0: That's okay. It might be the curtains that you have, those uh, double cotton polyester-based curtains. They're bulletproof, that they closed. They're
2: bulletproof
0: yeah. Oh, the, the Kevlar, Kevlar curtains. <laughs> what a great idea. They probably already exist. Okay, guys, I think, that's, I think we've kicked the shit out of this um, enough tonight. Um, again, guys, this was an unplanned podcast. This was, uh, I think, five hours ago we decided that we were going to have a podcast. And then everything got turned upside down when we received emails from um, alleged psychopaths who would do that to uh, David's children's things and, and the ashes of David's, uh, you know, deceased child. Like, I, I, saying that out loud makes me, you know, livid. And, and um, you know, I'm sorry you went through that, David.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too, and uh, they'll be sorry too. It's what the logs is for.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Um, let's let's do a call when we get off here, <laughs> and instead of that, I I need to smoke a joint. Um, I need you ironically
1: pee. Strangely enough.
0: Yes. Too bad you don't have your weed chair anymore the you smoked weed in i never smoked weed inside my house in my life only disgusting
1: pigs would do that probably that's their habit.
0: Okay. well that's a little bit judgmental i know people that smoke <laughs> inside you know <laughs> not in antique
1: chairs that belong to your grandmother that were destroyed by
0: animals you gotta let it go um well, i'm letting it go <laughs> just just the, the grandma chair part everything else you have a legit case um richard marsh david wallace thank you very much for joining us tonight thank you talio Okay, Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to say at the end of that. Uh, I'd just like to point out that the contents of this podcast were once again brought to you by the word allegedly. I don't know if those emails were legit, but they seem like they're legit. Jonathan Dennis seems like a really, um, I don't know, maybe he's troubled. Maybe troubled is the right word. You know, uh, those videos that came out and the the hiring of David Wallace to do the the dirty tricks, the taking of his stuff, and handing it off to people that would urinate on things that belong to kids, like what's what the fuck is happening in Alberta? Like what is happening? And this has been going on for a long, long time. Um, like the, these kinds of this political culture that exists there. I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm speechless. I really am. Which if anybody knows me, uh, knows the speechless part won't last very long. Cause, uh, I pretty much don't really know when to shut the fuck up. Usually tomorrow we have Spenny. <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest, um, podcast life, uh, yesterday, um, we, Aaron was on and, uh, she, she asked if it was okay that uh, she called me um, her ass kisser. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, today, all this happens. And tomorrow we have Spenny. We're going to cap off the week with one of the funniest people that I know. He just helped induct Mark Breslin into the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. And uh, it's going to be a good way to end the week because it's been quite a week. By the way, 14, 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. I've done 12 podcasts in the last 11 days. So tomorrow will be 13 and 12. So I am looking forward to a break. Uh, But if something comes up and it's important, I will do the show. And we'll see you next time on Black Bolt. (laughs) Black, 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 black boy. Black, 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 black boy. Black, 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 black boy. Black, black, black.